0: All right, TJ, we're finally in draft week. I don't think there's anybody more excited than us. We made it. We finally made it because next week we get to actually know who we're talking about. The the roster's not final, but all the major components are going to be there. Free agency in large part is over. We know the guys that are on the roster right now. We're going to add some draft picks to it. Are the Lions going to trade around at all during the draft? We'll we'll get a chance to finally find out, starting Thursday night, what it is. We're going to talk a little bit more about the draft. Will Anderson, he's fallen to the Lions in a couple of mock drafts. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers trade, the saga, has finally been consummated uh, with the New York Jets. We'll talk a little bit about that. I want to get your take. See Um, you, bud. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the big news going into the weekend is Jamison Williams. There were four Detroit Lions, and I don't know where you were when you heard the news uh, or if it was even was big news to you, but it it is pretty big news that uh, last year's number 12 overall pick, having sat out most of last year with the ACL, only caught one ball last year, and then he's going to start off not being a part of the team for the first six games because he's been suspended for gambling. Uh, He did it within the Lions facility. So it wasn't on NFL. Um, there were a couple of guys. Um, the biggest name, uh, it was what Quintus Cephas, CJ Moore, um, suspended indefinitely by the NFL. They were immediately relieved of duty um, and are no longer part of the, the Lions organization. But uh, Jamison Williams is going to serve a six-game suspension. I'd love to get your reaction on. On the suspension, on the on and, and for what it was, uh, yeah. gambling
1: on on something other than football. Yeah, I was bummed um, in multiple ways. Uh, bummed that you would do something so stupid to be in the facility and to be doing something you know you're not supposed to be doing. Um, that the first thing that's concerning to me from a young guy that obviously yeah. last year with Jameson, there were, hey, I mean, call it what it is. I think he's got some immaturity issues, right? Uh, bummed that, you know, he made the decision to do that, uh, bummed that the penalty doesn't really seem to fit the crime. You know, I, I mean, this is something to me that we can have this argument all day that yes, it was against the rules, uh, is six games, a little excessive in my mind. It absolutely is. Um, and we don't know exactly what he was doing. I mean, this, th- it, there, there's such a big umbrella of things that c- could have possibly been going on, right. He could have been getting, and I don't know any of these for a fact. But he could have been sitting there, you know, getting treatment, playing blackjack on his phone or something on one of the apps, right? Or playing, you know, roulette or what? Just messing around on his phone, right? Not even really thinking about, oh, what I'm doing. I'm not not supposed to do this. I'm in the facility, right? He could have, I mean, could have bet on an NBA game. Who knows, right? Uh, We know that it wasn't football related, though. So that to me is like, is it the worst thing he could have possibly done? No, it's not. Does the six games match what uh, what he did? I think it's excessive. I think that the league is trying to find a way to make these penalties so severe to scare players away from uh, doing this and to scare players away from betting on the NFL, right? And we saw that the guys that bet on actual football games, they got a full-year suspension, right? And it started last year with the whole Calvin Ridley thing yep. uh, as well. Even that, we could argue, is that a little excessive if you're, you know, okay, it is what it is. But I, I was just bummed with the whole thing because – We've had such positive momentum surrounding this team, really, since what? Last November? Yeah, since I mean, they went
0: on since they were one and six, right? We've and had finished eight and two. We've
1: had a good like six month roll where it's like, man, like everything is looking so promising and so bright. And I don't think this is a huge wrench thrown into this team where it's like, oh my goodness, now we got to rethink, you know, what the expectations are. I don't think the changes at that, but. When you talk about a young player that everybody was going to be so excited about to see him play and see what this offense looks like uh, with him healthy uh, and, you know, with game plans surrounding his abilities, um, that's pointing that we're not going to be able to see that at least for six games and who knows, probably longer because – you don't just come in off of a six week absent and they say, okay, you're our guy. Now you're the number one guy. It's almost like the same thing coming off an injury. Okay. Yeah. We're going to work you back into it. Right. We're going to, we're going to give you a couple reps here, couple reps there. And to me, that's just uh it's disappointing because the team's not going to be at their full potential. Um, you know, starting week one now, look, injuries always happen. We know that there's probably going to be injuries this year in training camp where a guy's going to go out and he's going to miss a, a month or two. We get that those happen, but when they happen because you're making poor decisions, uh, it's concerning to me. And Jamison Williams, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't concerned about him uh, moving forward. I mean, last year, um, you know, I know the kid was hurt, right? But when he came back, and look, this probably isn't a huge deal. I heard you talking about it a little bit on your morning show. The first thing was after his touchdown, right? The first play. From a player's perspective, it's like the golden rule, number one, you celebrate with your teammates first. Right, like you just do. You especially
0: as a new player,
1: you celebrate. Especially as a rookie, man, you celebrate. Hey, quarterback, man, good ball. O line, thanks for blocking. Right, and then you can go and do your thing. Right. When I saw that live, standing on the field, I'm like, that I don't like that. (laughs) I just and I you call Um, me an old school grumpy bastard. I don't care what you say, but I didn't like that.
0: you're, You're of the same cut that I'm from. It's an offensive lineman. We don't score touchdowns. We rejoice we make a nice block and a running back makes a cut scores a touchdown we rejoice when we do a great job protecting so that our quarterback albeit this time it's jared goff makes a throw to jameson williams and you get in the end zone we don't get to carry the ball into the end yeah. zone unless you're taylor
1: decker right uh and you, hopefully Panay sewell one day that would yeah be awesome but
0: but that's our opportunity to celebrate with our teammates hey yeah. we're we didn't score the touchdown, but we were a part of it. Yeah, and We'd like you to acknowledge that we were just a part of it. Yeah,
1: and when when you see something like that, um, I'm not trying to overblow it at all, but it does come off as a little bit selfish. Uh, later in the season, right, we saw Jameson kind of pouting a little bit, right? I think it was the Green the Bay game, right? He's going in for a couple plays, and look, I get it, man. The guy's competitive. He wants to be out there. He wants the ball. But it's football. It's a team game. All right. When it's somebody else's turn, man, it's somebody else's turn. Right. And then we see him kind of coming off and he's pouting and he's, you know, throwing a little mini hissy fit on the sidelines. It's like, okay, that, that kind of portrays another kind of selfish act. Right. So I'd be lying to you if I said, I wasn't concerned about Jamison Williams moving forward. And then we get this whole thing with, you know, and like I already said, I don't think it's the worst crime in the world to, you know, bet on something other than football. You got caught. You did something stupid. You made a obviously a horrible mistake. Um, but then, like, what, the day later or two days later, you're out in, in Vegas, and it, who cares if you want to go to Vegas, dude? Go live it up. You're a young I kid agree. with some money. Go do your thing. Have a little swap But you have to understand how it looks optically to everybody else. You just got popped for betting whatever you were betting, six-game suspension, and you're out basically celebrating and broadcasting it to the world as if, you don't, you don't ID, IDGAF, right? That's what it looks like. And it's just, that's where I just think, man, if we're talking about, and where this is going to lead into another conversation about how does this affect their draft? Because you're looking at guys, and we discussed last week, the whole Jalen Carter uh, possibility. And we talked about, hey, do they have the leaders in that locker room, right? Are the coaches, do they have the right leadership in place to take a young kid, maybe with some issues, immaturity issues or character issues, and put him on the right path? I mean, Jamison Williams is kind of, uh, he kind of sticks out a little bit saying, okay, maybe I don't know if they do necessarily have those type of guys. Who's in, who in that locker room is sitting Jameson down being like, dude, cut the man, like go dark for a little bit. All right. Let this pass over a little bit. It will pass over because ultimately you're going to be judged and remembered for what you do on the field, but you're not helping your case when you're going out here and you're posting, you know, Hey, I'm in Vegas and I'm out partying a day after you just got suspended. Right. That's if it's like two months after, Okay, maybe it's blown over enough to where people are like, okay, you know what? He's still a kid. He's still going to have fun. You just got to read the room a little bit. That's all we're asking. And just stop. It's not
0: that he's there. It's that he's broadcasting uh, it to everybody. And don't
1: turn don't turn a one day story into, you know, uh, a two, three, four month thing. Right nip it in the ass. Hey, admit you made a mistake. All right, go dark for a little bit to handle your business the right way like a professional should and carry on and show your teammates and show these, this team and show your fans that, hey, all right, I know I made a mistake. I'm going to do everything possible I can to correct it. So everything he's kind of done in the past, you know, I will call it, I don't know, six months. I'd be lying to you if I said my concern level wasn't at, at least probably a five out of 10 moving forward.
0: Well, and you pair that with the like of Lamar Jackson's tweet in regards to, you know, he clearly wanted maybe a different quarterback here. Not a great message to send to your teammate. Uh, As soon as Jeff Okuda is traded, you don't say, Hey, good luck. There's, there's no acknowledgement of your teammate. It's I want his number. Like all of these (laughs) things add up to a guy that yes, he's young and there's some selfish acts but you've got to have whether it comes from a teammate maybe it's Jared Goff maybe it's Frank Ragnow maybe it's Taylor Decker maybe it's somebody on the defense who knows whoever he's you know befriended on the team or or somebody who's befriended him saying hey let's let's let let's take stock of where we are what do you need to do over the next couple of months what do you need to do before you're back on the field and let's start working on that
1: yeah and okay. and and hopefully that happens sooner than later because he's starting, John, and I i don't use this term lightly, but he's treading down the path of becoming a diva. And that's well, something that, look, it's like, hey, and ultimately this is what matters to fans. This is what matters to teammates. This is what matters to coaches, I'm sure. Perform on Sunday right? Perform on Sunday. As long as you're getting the job done on we'll Sunday, all that I don't care what you do Monday through Saturday. Yep. Don't go out there and get in trouble. Don't get arrested. Don't, don't do stupid shit, but perform for me on Sunday. If Jamison last year, when he came back was, you know, took the league by explosion, those last, whatever, five, six games that he played and had a little bit of that track record to say, you know what? This is a kid that maybe we can get a little bit more wiggle room to, um, then this will probably be a different conversation, but we haven't seen that yet. And that's starting to, like I said, that's starting to worry me. But this is, this is another conversation we had too, is when we talked about guys like, you know, I'm not going to couple Jameson in with, I, I don't know Jalen Carter's situation. What we've heard was, hey, a little bit of concern there. Um, <clears throat> well, obviously it's how that, see how that plays out here in a couple nights, but uh, this is what it, if you, I'm in the same camp as you where you can't have everybody on your team, you know, choir, boy. choir boys doing the right thing, you know, just straight A student, you, you know what I mean? You can't have a full team of that. You got to have some dogs on your team. You got to have some guys that are going to be like, you know what? I wouldn't let him babysit my kids, but I'm glad he's on my team on Sunday. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and, I and ultimately as fans. This comes this is part of the this is this comes with the territory, man. Like if we're if we're gonna sit here and say, hey, I don't want a team full of guys that are just, you know, doing the right thing all the time and just great people and everybody loves like right?
0: Yeah.
1: This is this is gonna be this is kind of gonna be one of those consequences that every once in a while we're gonna have a story like this that's like, damn, man, like I hate it, I don't like it, but you know what? He balls out on if, Sunday. If he balls out on Sunday, that's all that matters.
0: So Saturday night or Thursday night for the draft, I do want to let people know where to find us. If you're listening right now on the Odyssey app for the podcast, you can always find us on YouTube as well. Just search 971 the ticket and you can look at TJ's lovely face. Um, if you want to see what's going on on Thursday night, TJ, you're going to be down at Ford Field as well as Allen Park um, yeah. for the party as well as, as the after party in regards to the, you know the reaction to the draft picks. Uh, you can catch me on 971 theticketcom along with Karsh, Anderson, Stoney, Mike, Rico. A lot of the guys are going to uh, – we're going to be going live at different times throughout the night. I know Karsh and Anderson are hosting from 745 throughout the entirety of the first round. The The rest of us will be jumping on and off um, for the entirety of that first round. But if you want to watch us, be a part of that conversation, go to 971 theticketcom But you mentioned – how it impacts the draft. And I, and I do want to talk about that in a moment, but how does it impact the offense? Because, okay, there's no more DJ Shark. He was in and out of the lineup last year. He was hurt, but you do have Marvin Jones Jr. back after a couple of years. Um, Jamison Williams caught one ball last year. Wasn't a huge impact on the team. I know that the plans going into this season were that he was going to be a much larger part of the offense. Ben Johnson talked about, hey, We're going to use him all over the field. But in regards to the offense, Jared Goff, Monra St. Brown, now Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, uh, you know, you you throw in there in the backfield, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, the offensive line as we know it. Like, is it going to – it was a top five offense last year without him. Do you expect it to have a huge impact? Sure, we're going to miss him. It's a weapon that we won't have but they were able to perform without him.
1: Yeah. I think it affects them uh, marginally. I will say yeah. uh, because you know, now it's not like, um, you know, you're going into week one and this happens on a Friday right before the game. Right. And you've got to,
0: right. And, the game and plan.
1: you've got to scrap everything and kind of start on Saturday and say, okay, we need somebody else to fill these roles. These coaches are going to have what five months now to put together game plan, at least for the first uh, quarter of the season without Jameson Williams. Right. So uh, I trust Ben Johnson, you know, I, I think he obviously uh, earned our trust last year with the way that he was able to scheme things and um, utilize different players, different weapons when need be. Uh, even like you said, when Jameson played last year, um, I mean, the offense didn't really look that much different, right? There was a different threat of speed and the deep ball, uh, but we only saw that, what, one time, you yeah. know, so... Um it wasn't uh it wasn't a huge issue in my opinion. Uh I don't know what their plans were this year. I don't know if they were planning on Jamison coming in and saying, "Hey, listen, bud, you like you're our number one receiver. We're going to build this offense around you." Or if it was, you know what? Like you're still you still got a lot to prove, man. You still got a lot to prove, right? You're still a young player in this league. You only played 5 games last year, right? We're not just going to hand the offense over to you because you're a first round pick. You got to come in and earn it. And uh, I'm leaning more towards the latter. I yep. think it was going to be, hey, Jameson, we, you know, you're a hell of a playmaker, but you know, you kind of got to, you got to earn it in this offense. We're not just going to hand you anything. So, um, I lo- you listen, and I, I love the signing of Marvin Jones. I, I did. I mean, Marvin Jones was a fantastic player when he was here. I know he was always kind of a complimentary piece, whether it was to Golden Tate or whether it was to you know Kenny Galladay when Kenny had a couple really nice seasons there uh, early in his career. Um, I think he can be almost a DJ Chark-ish player. Uh, I don't think he's got necessarily the same type of speed that DJ Chark uh, had, you know, with the burner speed. But Marvin Jones is a guy that, I mean, you just watch a lot of the 50-50 balls and the go balls. I mean, he's he's turning those into 80-20. I mean, he comes down with them yeah. majority of the time. So that, to me, is kind of a uh, deep threat replacement, at least uh, to kind of fill in that void when they're not going to have Jamison. So I'm not I'm not going into full panic mode at all when it comes to the Lions. My expectations have not changed. Right. I still expect their offense to not miss a beat, go out there, hey, let's just carry the load until we get a playmaker back. Um, my disappointment just comes from the fact that uh, Jamison Williams made a dumb mistake. Yeah. And you were kind of hoping that everything we saw last year was just a uh, young kid, you know, kind of learning his way year two, right? Take that step. And, uh, obviously he's not off to a good start. But I think offensively, and I think this team, I think they're going to be just fine.
0: So the draft, and you alluded to this just a little bit ago, um, in regards to that number six pick, um, do you think there's a J-Mo hangover and they don't want to take a guy with one of the first two picks that may have off-the-field issues?
1: Yes, I do. I think that absolutely. And I know you
0: weren't a Jalen Carter guy to begin with. I uh, love the player,
1: Jalen Carter. Right. Um, what for, what you're trying to build here, you know, what's your uh, foundation already is? Uh, is he a guy that fits that? Uh, play-wise, now, like we talked about, if you're a veteran team and you bring a guy in like that, it's like, dude, give me your best on Sunday. Uh, but they're still kind of in that phase of, of building the foundation, right? And honestly, I think that it has to – if they were considering a guy like Jalen Carter at six or – I don't know. I'm sure there's other guys that we just haven't heard about in the draft that have character concerns. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe they start to shy away from that a little bit because, look, I think you, what you did last year was aggressive. Trading number, you know, trading up to go to number twelve, get Jamison Williams, make a big move. The guy's had – call it what it is, man. He's had a couple issues, right? I don't think you – if you're Brad Holmes, you can't afford to do that back-to-back years. So where I would love to have a player like Jalen Carter on this team and fill probably the biggest hole on this team that's still left, uh, I don't know if it's worth the risk to say, he, you know, we might be getting an all-pro type player, a guy that's going to dominate, but we also might be looking at two years in a row here of taking – a little bit of immaturity, uncertainty, and that's something that if you're in this position that Brad Holmes is in, I don't think you can afford to make that mistake. Well, and here's the thing about Brad Holmes
0: is, okay, last year, it was the number 32 pick. They traded up to number 12. Where'd they get that pick? It was the Matthew Stafford trade. Now, all of a sudden, number six coming from the Rams. Again, it's a Matthew Stafford pick. So are you then turning Matthew Stafford into – Jamison williams and jalen carter where both guys may have you know issues of staying on the field or right. being available i don't i don't i know that it's you don't want perception to play into this but perception is reality and if you don't get anything in return for shipping off you know matthew stafford to la where he turned it into a super bowl i think that becomes a a a image issue not necessarily image issue for brad holmes but for being able to capitalize on opportunities that you've created for yourself, but weren't able to turn into pr- product on the field.
1: Yeah. And I don't think ultimately that Jamison is going to be a strikeout. I hope he's not, but no. the kid's got a long way to go. You know, he just does. And like you just said, you can't afford to whiff if for two years from now, if Jamison does, you know, continue the kind of down the path that he's on. And we're all sitting here saying, you know what, we're just sick of his <laughs> whether making mistakes, immature, doesn't learn how to become a pro. Okay. You can't afford to strike out uh, twice in a row, right? You just can't. So that's why, you know, and I, I, I never really had a feeling that, um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check
0: planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: I was kind of leaning more towards, hey, if they, how they were feeling about Jalen Carter, just everything that Brad Holmes has done and the you, Dan Campbell, I mean, they're honest people, right? They're not out there BSing us. I mean, when they talk about having guys that love football, good character, right? Yeah. Like those, that those are things that are important to them. Well, because
0: um, they've shown the guys they brought in in free agency, the guys that they've right. drafted in large part have been that type of individual. Yeah.
1: And so I would be shocked if they took Jalen Carter Thursday. Um, just because, I mean, it it would be, it's a risk, right, John? I think that's fair to say. Just yep. with everything we've kind of heard about Jalen it would definitely be a risk. So and then, I don't think they're going to do that again.
0: Now, it, this has a way of impacting the draft in a different way. Take number six pick out of it. I don't think they go wide receiver at six. But do they, is wide receiver back on the board? I think with, with Brad Holmes, you kind of always feel like it's on the board. Yeah. That you might take at least one wide receiver in the draft. But do you think it's, Moved up in importance because you maybe have some question marks in regards to Jamison
1: Williams. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't think it's worked its way up into the first round. Whether, no. Well, you know, we don't think they're taking one at six, that would be uh borderline uh reckless, I would think. But um, you know, 18, I don't think so. I mean, I get, but yeah, I would think second, third round, maybe you were thinking, hey, target guy in a fifth and sixth. Uh, maybe that moved up to second, third, fourth, where you're going to try to find a guy if he's still there. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I mean just you look and I know that, you know, the guys that they have, look, you know, Marvin Jones isn't on a long-term deal. Josh Reynolds, you know, I think he's got a year left. Um, You don't have a ton of guys that uh, you have future invested into. So I I already expected them to add at least one receiver to that group uh, so they can have a long-term plan there. Uh, But maybe it did, maybe it did move up. Maybe it moved up to, Hey, now 44, we're going to try to take, uh, you know, see somebody slide or if somebody's sliding that, I mean, Quentin Johnston is a guy who, I mean, we've seen him mocked in the top 15. The last couple of weeks, we've seen him mocked, like, second round, high second no. round. Maybe if a guy like that falls to the top of the second round, you could couple those picks and go up and get a guy. So, yes, I do think that it raised that uh, importance a little bit, but... um Not enough to where you feel like, okay, this is our number one need. We've got to go get a receiver right now. I don't think that's the case.
0: So two more things that I want to make sure we talk about before we hit the draft on Thursday night, um, and that is Will Anderson. I think both of us believed, even up to probably two weeks ago, that there's no chance Will Anderson would make it to number six at the Lions. We've now seen Mel Kuyper drop Will Anderson to six. Um, we saw Peter King earlier this week drop Will Anderson to six, and it's not that these guys have inside, in, you know, information. But um, Tyree Wilson has moved up some draft boards. Nolan Smith, the guy, one of the guys I know, you said a couple of weeks ago has been rocketing up draft boards as Jalen Carter has fallen. Do you think there is a potential, or what would be the situation where Will Anderson is available? For the Lions at six.
1: Well, it would have to be obviously a run on quarterbacks, right? I think there would have to be four taken in the top five. Yeah. Um, or like we heard, you know, Houston, who knows what they're doing? I mean, they're talking about. They, 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 they could don't take know, Tyree Wilson could, at two. They, could you imagine being a Houston fan and you roll out oh, Davis Mills again?
0: <laughs> but so in one of the I saw, it was it was Tyree Wilson at two. And I forget whose it was. It might have been Peter King. And then they had Hendon Hooker at 12. Like okay, so you've addressed the quarterback situation, but not for next year, and right. you're going to be bad. So next year, are you going to look at Caleb Williams? You look at Drake May, <laughs> like, and now you've got Hendon Hooker on your roster. I, like yeah, the and and again, these are all mock drafts, so this doesn't it's not an indictment until we see Houston do this, right? But if they take Tyree Wilson at two, Arizona, it's such a bad roster. I wouldn't be shocked if they market that pick, trade back somebody comes up to take a quarterback, I think there's a legitimate possibility that there are four quarterbacks taken in the top five. And then if it's Tyree Wilson at two to Houston, that leaves both Jalen Carter and Will Anderson on the board at six. And we both think that, especially in that case, they pass on Jalen Carter and they take
1: Will Anderson. Yeah, 100%. And that to me would be a complete dream scenario. Yeah. Um, What I think is going to happen in my heart, I think we're kind of overrating a lot of these quarterbacks. I think that Bryce Young is the clear-cut number one. Um, and then you've got kind of what Levis, Stroud, Richardson kind of right there where nobody really knows. I mean, they're kind of fun to talk about. They're fun to watch. But they all have huge, huge question marks, yep. right? And I know the thing with Stroud last week, I don't know if you talked about it, there was some new cognitive test that they do for quarterbacks. Yeah, and like a P2 He scored like, like that. Scored horrible on yeah, it was like it. An eighteen, <laughs> but, where Bryce Young scored like a ninety-eight out of hundred. Yeah. And the one GM was like, you know, we've never, all the top guys in the you know that that take it, they're not all great, but most of them are you know pretty good quarterback. He's like, but we've never had a quarterback that scored low that turned out to be a good quarterback. Right. So that's like, okay, you read between the lines. I don't know which GM is saying this. I don't know. If it's 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 slander season. Somebody's trying yep. to do this for a reason. Uh, but that did kind of give me a little pause to say, All right, hold on a little bit. And then they said, hey, Guess who had the last get it, the highest score last year, the 2020? Who two quarterbacks? Guess who that was? Rookie, Kenny Pickett, um, uh, Brock Purdy. Oh. Brock Purdy turned out to be a pretty damn good quarterback, yeah. same, right, right? So you're kind of looking at this and you're like, Okay, the measurables do kind of add up a little yeah. bit. Um, I don't know if that's going to cause, cause CJ Stroud to fall, but look, I mean, just with the uncertainty there at two, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Houston takes a Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. Number three, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona just stats Pat or stays Pat and says, whoever Houston doesn't take, we're taking the other defensive lineman, right? We're taking either Anderson or, or, or Wilson ourselves. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, That also, I think would probably put the lions in a good situation to possibly trade back. If right. Because right, if there's, if you now you're looking at Stroud, uh, Levis, you're looking at Richardson all sitting there, you know, five, six. Please tell me i not take one at six. I, I, I don't think it's out of play.
0: Oh, you um, son
1: of a bitch. I don't think it's out of play, but I would be surprised. My worst case situation scenario is still, you know, you have, let's say, Wilson off the board, you have uh, Will Anderson off the board, and I'm just going to throw Jalen Carter in there because I hope it doesn't come down to a decision that they have to make. Hopefully Seattle just takes them at three, right? And you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, all the top defenders are off the board. Uh, If we trade back, there's nobody really there. Let's say the other teams aren't in love with one of the quarterbacks that's still sitting there. And you're saying, okay, if we trade back, we're we're going to get less than market value, right? Right. But we got to get out of this spot. Maybe we move from, you know, six to, I don't know, 11 or six to 10. And we pick up an extra third round pick, whereas maybe we, Should be getting a second. I don't know. You get your receiver there. Right. Or they play it safe and say, you know what? We're going to go the corner route, right? We're going to take either Witherspoon. We're going to take a Gonzalez. That, to me, would kind of be maybe the most boring outcome that we could get there at six. Um, But I think it's kind of turning into the most likely situation that that's going to happen. Because as much as we love to say we would love and it would be a wet dream if will anderson sitting there at six i think we would run turn that card in uh, yeah. ASap um i just don't think it's gonna happen i don't i would be surprised if it did
0: i think it's unlikely as well uh but i mean it's it, it it's it's possible and here's why i think i still think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks whether it's four, i mean four would be a record in the top five it's a minimum of three Three, which puts us in that that precarious position. Last year, what happened? There were many quarterback needy teams. There was only one quarterback taken in the first round. That's Kenny Pickett. Everybody else fell way back because there just wasn't a talent there. You don't know every single year what that talent pool is going to look like. And next year, maybe next year is a banner year for quarterbacks, yeah. but you really never know. And so well, remember teams last year- want to take a, a shot on – a Will Levis because they think they can develop him. He's got the raw skills, he's got the height, he's got the build. Yeah, he's got the arm strength. He just doesn't have the mental side of things. Anthony Richardson, same thing. CJ Stroud, maybe it's the same thing, but you and I both know there are a lot of NFL GMs and there are a lot of coaches that think, you know what? You give me anything and I can make a yeah. star. Oh yeah. I'll, oh yeah,
1: I'll fix him. I'm gonna be the one yeah, that fixes I'll be the him. One. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm the genius here. Um The only thing I would say is, remember this time last year. I mean, Malik Willis was still being projected to be a top five There was only one guy
0: at the
1: (laughs) radio station here that thought Malik Willis, and I'm not going to name names, Doug. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, so that's why we just, we never know, man. And that's why draft night is always so uh, exciting and just enamoring because we're just like, oh my goodness, like what we thought was going to happen is not happening. Um, I got one question for you, though. If you... Could call up Brad Holmes right now. Let's just say it's Thursday night at 6 p.m. You and you could give Brad Holmes one piece of advice, something that you would tell him. Hey, Brad, this is what you got to do. What would it be? I'll let you think about it. I'll give you mine first. I would tell him. I, can would I, just say, say, f- I
0: would say don't it I would
1: say Brad, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Brad Holmes has been pretty general. damn good in this draft. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably put a little pressure on him. Here's my advice I would give to him: do everything possible to just trade up to number three take Arizona's pick off their hands, move up to number three and get your guy. Whether that is Wilson, whether that's Will Anderson, cut the bullshit. Don't sit there at six, you know, pussyfooting around and say, oh, you know, now we're stuck with a corner. Now we're stuck with a trade back or now we're stuck with something we don't want. Be it, continue to be aggressive. We saw it last year. We saw you parlay uh, that Matthew Stafford pick into Jameson Williams that hopefully that works out one day. Um, but I would, I would give him the same advice. Be aggressive, man. You have this free pick number six. I don't care. Honestly. Well, I mean, I do care what it costs. I'm not going to give up a ton, but I would say do every, do everything possible just to move up to number three and get your guy.
0: You know what? I would probably even say maybe even two or three because you, the wild card of Houston. Now it's not a matter of what Houston will take, but it's who they may trade out of that position too, because the betting favorite is for Will Levis to go number two. I don't think Houston takes Will Levis at two, but if you look at, I think it's DraftKings has Will Levis as the, as the minus 140 as of this morning to go second overall in this draft. He was the, he's the the one player and, and I don't, I can't figure out why or what team it is, but if they're going to trade out, they're already fielding calls. So do I want to go up to two? No, I don't think it's necessary. Do I want to go up to three? Yes. But, at least make the call and see what it would cost because if somebody else moves up to two and they take the guy that you want, whether it's Tyree Wilson or it's Will Anderson, yes, you can get the other one at three, but if there's a, if you're spending that capital, then go get the guy that you want. And I, and I, I would probably say the same thing. No matter what it is, if, if you feel like the guy that you want, it's you could call it a luxury pick at six because it's one that we came from the Rams You go get them. Do what it takes to go get them. And then you come away with in the first round saying, you know what? We got the guy that we wanted. We got the guy that we feel is going to add the most to this team in the next few years.
1: Yeah. You maximize everything you've got for the Stafford return. You maximized, uh, you know, that six pick kind of being in that weird spot where you just don't know how it's going to play out. But don't sit around and wait, right? Be aggressive. Go up and get your guy. That would yeah. be something that happens on Thursday, man. I would be ecstatic.
0: Oh, uh, I want to do talk about something weird uh, or at least a weird individual. But I do want to remind everybody on Thursday night, 745, go to 971theticket.com uh, and you can watch the draft along with us. You can hear our instant reaction to what's going on in the draft, not just with the Lions picks, but everything leading up and after uh, the Detroit Lions pick at 6 and 18 as it stands right now. Uh <laughs> TJ is gonna be down at Ford Field and Allen Park um, so you could catch him on on the nightly news uh, you could catch us on YouTube as well just search 971 the ticket you could find our podcast if you're listening to it on Odyssey app right now we appreciate that but I do want to I mention weird all right and and I know nice. he's a buddy of yours <laughs> but be I'm nice. gonna I'm just I'm just gonna say he's you know let's just say peculiar individual in Aaron Rodgers uh, finally, we know what Green Bay is getting back in return, your former team from the New York Jets. We know what they're getting in Aaron Rodgers. Your thoughts on the picks that have gone back and forth and just how
1: that trade went down and, and what both teams got. I would be disappointed if I were a Packer fan. Um, and now let's just recap because I've, gonna seen, I've seen conflicting reports, right? So the – they well – they swap first right. this They go year, from so they, 15 to 13 Right, you this swap year. a 13-15, which I, I call it what you want. I, I, pretty much a wash. I mean, yeah. you could give the advantage shirt Packers. What was the next one, though? It was like a fifth round, and then next year was a conditional so here's second what, unless he plays a certain amount, then it goes to a first. Right, so okay. here's
0: what the Packers get. They get the number 13 pick. They swap with the Jets, 13 right. and 15. They move up to 13. They get a second-round pick, which is number 42 overall this year. They get a sixth round pick, which is 207. And then the 2024, it starts out as a second round pick. But if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this year, it bumps up to a first
1: round. Okay. In so you're return, getting a second and a first.
0: Right. And the Jets get the number 15 pick yeah, I'm this not sure that swap. Yeah, right. that's a and two spot swap. This year, they also get a fifth. So they basically swapped uh, fifth and sixth round picks this year.
1: Yeah, I think that the return for a player like that—that that is unbelievably uh, <laughs> not what we've seen the last couple of years, right? You look at a guy well, like Russell Wilson. You look at a guy like uh, Matthew Stafford younger, getting two for right. Younger, okay, I get that, but it's if you're the Jets, you're obviously doing this to go all in, and you—if you were the Rams, you were doing it to go all in. Yeah, if, but you're doing, if you're doing it you're doing it to go all. You're the a guy that might only
0: in. play one year. What more are they going to give up? I get that. Well, th- he might retire be- after this year. This Hell, he is- might
1: retire before the season starts. Because I was saying, I was saying probably last year or two years ago that the Packers should have traded him. Yeah. Because you know that you're not, but if the Packers would have traded him two years ago, coming off of a, An you know, they lost in the NFC Championship game, but back to back MVPC, they probably could have gotten four or five first round picks for him. Right. So that's where you would have given that up. That's where I say the return to me is just, it's a bit disappointing from the Packers' perspective. Just because you say, we basically we kind of pussyfooted around on this and kicked the can down the road. We would have been in a lot better spot if we just pulled the trigger and did it two years ago. Right. So that's right. Look, I'm glad the trade finally went through. I mean, it seems like it's been nothing but drama the last couple months yeah. ever since this uh, whole thing kind of came to light. What it ultimately, you know, does for me is, um, and I love Aaron. I mean, he's one of my good buddies, but for a from a lion's fans perspective, like farewell, man. See, you know, cuz this was kind of the this was kind of the last straw I think that needed to fall into place for us uh optimistic Lions fans to say the realistic division goal is to ours. win the division, right? Yeah. This was the last thing that needed to happen. And um now that it's finally happened, it's like okay, the window is there, right? It's clear, right? Now we don't we don't have to worry about and look, I know obviously they beat them twice last year um so you know we could see the improvement tangibly on the field uh, but this was kind of the last straw to say you know what we're it, it's it's going to be us now right and you're going to still have to go out there and play i know the vikings are uh still going to be a team that are probably going to be a pain, pain in the ass um do i expect jordan love to come in year 1 and completely light it up and you know the packers are yeah. uh, doing great things no i don't expect that they're going to have a little bit of a rough time but This was the last thing for us Lions fans to say, all right, man, now it's a clear pass, right? Now I can fully buy in and completely 100% confidently say uh, this team should have legit division title in their mind, in their goals, in their plans, and anything less than that probably won't be a success. Unless you win 12 games and the Vikings get incredibly lucky again Again. and win some 13 somehow. I'm not going to say winning 12 games is a disappointment, but now that you have, you know, who's been the biggest threat and the biggest thorn in the side of every team in this division is now gone. I think, and look, the Vikings are probably thinking the same thing. The Vikings are probably sitting there saying, all right, man, like we got him out of the division too. They're probably feeling the same way we do, right? Bears fans. I know they got a young team, but. They're probably feeling a little bit more optimistic and a little bit hopeful. Everybody is a great quarterback yesterday, right? So we're all in the same boat. But I think that kind of finally cements our belief that this team uh, should should do some really good things this year on the field.
0: Last thing I want to ask you is: Are the Jets getting the Aaron Rodgers that won back-to-back MVPs in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, or are they getting the quarterback that we saw last year? I know there was some injury involved with him. I know that it was a young wide receiving core, but he did have a lot to do with that in regards to he wasn't going to be there in the offseason program, wasn't going to work with the receivers. Is Are they getting that back-to-back MVP quarterback or is there a steep decline? What are the Jets getting?
1: No, I still think Aaron has a lot left in the tank. I do. Um, and look, you you combine that with the fact that his best season statistically came under Nathaniel Hackett who was the offense coordinator in Green Bay, who's now the offense coordinator out with New York. So uh, you combine those two guys back together. Um, Aaron has obviously raved about uh, his relationship with Hackett and uh, just the chemistry that those two have. Uh, last year, I'd, I never really felt like Aaron's talents dipped that much. Um, to me, it looked like guy that was kind of checked out, right? guy yeah. that was ready to move on. Um And wasn't fully invested into what he was doing in Green Bay anymore. He looked like a guy that wanted to leave. Uh, I think he's going to be rejuvenated. I think he's going to still have a lot to prove. And I think that just knowing Aaron, uh, he's always carried so many chips on his shoulder. I mean, he still talks about the freaking 2005 NFL draft and not going number one, right? Like yeah. that's still a huge chip on, on his shoulder. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy. I mean, you look at the AFC and you look at the gauntlet of uh-huh. just other quarterbacks alone that he's going to have to outduel with, you know, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, I mean, Herbert, you know, Lawrence, who's now uh, up-and-coming young guy. Like, that's not – it's not going to be easy for him. I'm not going to say I think the Jets are going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Um, but I would expect to see Aaron perform and produce like we did probably two or three years ago. I think he's going to be rejuvenated, and I think he's going to still feel like he has a lot to prove.
0: Well, we appreciate everybody staying tuned in. We'll have a reaction next week on who we know are the future Lions uh, in this upcoming draft. Again, last reminder, 971 theticketcom if you want to watch along with us, interact with some of us on Thursday night. Uh, YouTube, if you want to see TJ's ugly mug, you can see it there as well. Uh, Just search 971 theticket but we'll talk to you next week on Necessary Roughness.